Oh, man, that's cool. I tell you, though, God always came in the opposite spirit, didn't he? I mean, in Thessalonica, he was only there three weeks, and they reached the whole peninsula. He was, he was 18 months in Corinth, and he can barely get those guys act together. Right. And they were moving in signs and wonders, but not much else. <laughs> and he was three weeks in Thessalonica, and, uh, and a prophet came and told him that there was going to be a famine in the world. And Paul's response to that was, let's take an offering. The world was in famine, and the kingdom thing to do was to go in the opposite spirit. Come on, right? And, and so, so there, there's something about countering. The, the, and it's not about money, right? It's about the heart. The heart, like we say around here. And, uh, uh, and it's just, it, it, it just amazing to me because you're absolutely right. Some of the smallest places, and I go to Europe... When I first started going to Europe for missions, one of my mentors told me, you better have a go-to plan B because you're going to starve your family. Because <laughs> they didn't have a culture of giving back in the day. I mean, this is 20-plus years ago. And, uh, and apparently I'm not starving. <laughs> We're expanding our temple somehow. <laughs> but my point is that there was a need to teach and to press in uh, and, and tell people, listen, forget about me. The next guy, double him up. But you need to really learn that um, revival comes by baptizing your wallet as well. Acts 2, Acts 4. I mean, God is very uh, keen on, there's more scriptures on money than almost any other subject. And, uh, and it's everything to do with heart and not with the actual physical thing. Uh, but when you understand that, then you're able to really go to other levels, and you sow into where you want to go. And um, because God, you sow into, okay, you want a building, you sow into somebody else's. You want, you want ministry, you sow into ministries that you want to be in, you grow into your own life. And uh, there's, no, there's no formula. You must be directed by the Holy Spirit. But if, if you got a green light for this or for that, go with the green. That, that was a, supposed to be funny. Go with the green. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I feel, let me just say this couple of things. I had a vision of just now we were worshiping that you were by the ocean pushing out from an island with waves that were contrary. Uh, I, there's a couple of movies that come to mind. I get all my theology from movies. <laughs> but it's like you're having to cross over and face the waves coming in and you needed to break through that resistance to go out on the ocean and catch a different current that was going to take you into the places where you were needing to go. There's sustenance in the waters and a new waterway for you. There's a release of strength and perseverance to press through the waves that come contrary. For it is, I saw, the, when you started talking about angels, I saw angels of renaissance come into this place to begin to release creativity at different levels i saw businesses sparking i saw things being drawn i saw beats i saw ben hurd's battle beat 
the rhythms, boom, 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 going forward into a whole, so because you were in battle mode, pushing your boat out and the oars were rowing to a different beat. It was not a lullaby beat. It's great to be in the bedroom, but you got to do something when you come out. And the Spirit of the Lord is bringing you out from that place into, into this battle beat, into this rhythm that God is going to increase because it is time for speed and time for renaissance. It is a whole new season upon this house even now. Amen. Father, I thank you for tonight. Uh, I thank you that this is a time for recalibration and a time for relaunching and refreshing and a time for responsibility, God. And it's no time for regret or unforgiveness or hanging out with excess luggage. God, I thank you that this is a different body of water that you're bringing them. A wider, deeper, longer, fuller waterway. I thank you there are different species in this water. They're going to fish out different kind of fish. And I thank you that the waves, though contrary at first, are going to be their friend as they push them towards the next targets. I thank you multiple targets are upon them, Jesus. And I thank you you're making them into something. This region, even Massachusetts, God, there's a mass in the Chusets. There's a mass coming to this place like a rock, like a, like a, uh, from the skies coming forth and hitting this ground and causing waves upon this land, upon this region, upon this time. I see the Spirit of the Lord bringing sparks that are going to cause fires. I see Him bringing it into places, hidden places, uncovered places, places of mystery, places that nobody wants to know. But boy, you're going there. You're opening up the closets for all the world to see. God, I thank you. This is a time to fear, a time for your jealousy and zealousness to come forth. I thank you, God, we live in such a time as this. In Jesus' name, open our eyes tonight, God, and help us move into these places. We pray in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come on, just them. Come, Holy Spirit. Come upon me now. Show me clearly. Speak to me like a friend. I want to get your breath, not just the wind. I want to hear you clearly and speak right where I am. In Jesus' name, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's always great to have Maria here, man. I just got back, and Maria and I, you know, God's given us grace. Come on, honey, wave to me. They know who you are. <laughs> That too. <laughs> and it's just like amazing to be home. I had a, uh, an ama I mean, I left uh, January 1st, came back February 1st. And um, it was a whirlwind, man. It was, went from the tropics to the winter. So schizophrenic. My luggage couldn't take it. It was like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> what are you packing? You're so right on the heels of the election and all that, right? It's good to see people. We just saw each other down in Pennsylvania. And um, we were just so much that we received there. <coughs> so many things that God is speaking. You know, when you hang around prophetic people, it's not a lack of word you need. It's, like, it's, it's, it's application you need. 
You need, to, you need to get very practical with God and ask Him the steps to take because you're going to get a million words. You're really going to have to prioritize not just what is the Lord, but what's the action God wants to, uh, to have to, to begin to put it into motion. And, and I, um, you know, everyone gets a, a, word, a word for the year. And, uh, you know, some people are really good at it. I mean, I, I actually don't even ask anymore because I hear seasonal words more than anything. Um, but I did hear the Lord that, that He really wanted us to go into manifest uh, prophetic destiny. That 2017 was a year of manifestation. That, that how many have promises, right? That you just want to see, right? So I, I, I believe that and I keep saying that because I keep hearing the Lord say, I want you to taste and see. I don't want you to just believe and, and hear. I want you to taste it. I want you to see it. I want you to, to feel it in your hands like sand. I want you to be able to walk in it and say, look what the Lord has done. He's been good to me. And, and to, actually to actually bring that before people to boast in our God. Come on, somebody. Yes. And, and it's just like, uh, uh, and it, again, it's, I think we're waiting on God and He's waiting on us. And we need to hear in a different way because there's one, you know, when Israel got, okay, you're going to the promised land, they were real, real thrilled. I mean, they're 38 years in the desert, so I'm sure they had a party. But, but when you start going in, how many things, you know, they, we got to pony up, you got to ante up, man. And then it, it goes, everything goes to another level. When you actually make a choice that you're heading for a direction, that's when the fireworks begin. Before that, you know, you're like, okay, I got a bunch of promises. I got a bunch of notebooks with nice little coloring, you know, underlying things that I thought it was God. And you got them collecting dust somewhere. But the moment you say, yes, Lord, I'm walking in that direction, the fight begins. And you can try to be as laid back as, you know, just, you know, you're a cappuccino Christian. You're like, yeah, great. the grace of God is going to do it, bro. You know, chill out, you know, just chillax a little. You don't need to, you don't need to. But I'm telling you right now, you got to put some mustard in it. You got to put some might in this. You better take responsibility for your promise. Come on, can you say amen to that, right? And I just, I, I'm carrying this. So when you hear all these grace words and I come along and says, y'all just better do something or it's never going to happen. I mean, you know, you're not going to get a lot of invitations. Because <laughs> I'm telling people right now, you know, you can wait for your promise or you can work and cooperate with God and see it manifest. And I believe that the Lord is looking for partners. It's a bridegroom and a bride. And, you know, in every family, they work together or nothing gets done. Some of you, they're not married. You will find out. <laughs> Some of you that are not, you have better found out. <laughs> All right. So I, I feel that I'm, <coughs> I'm carrying this word about seasonal change. And uh, I spoke a little bit on it, on, on the shifting seasons, even with John the Baptist. Like the book of John is so full of transition. Almost every chapter is about a transition. In chapter 1, it's a transition from, the, from John to Jesus. John the Baptist, in, in, in chapter 2, he turns water into wine. And he's not talking about drinking. 
right? He's talking about new the covenants, but there's a shifting covenants. And it's the first miracle by Jesus recorded. And there's something about a transition of, of the washing of water onto the washing of blood. And, and from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. From something external to something internal. This, this is the transitions that God is bringing us into. And uh, in chapter 3, of course, it's the whole new birth. You were one creature, and then the new birth, you became another, never seen before. You were literally ripped out of the domain of darkness, placed into the kingdom of His beloved Son. This is Colossians 1. All right, so, so, there, so literally all things have passed away. If you're still stuck in all things, you haven't made the transition yet. You need to believe God and then cooperate with Him to start walking into that. Now, I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just saying you still got debris from the old alien that used to live in you. Uh, you need to cut that tail and move on. You need to move on from those youthful lusts and those things that so easily entangled you so that you can move in and run this race that God has put before us, Hebrews 12. Okay, so, so this is the, in chapter 4 of John, it's the whole concept of you don't need to go to a building, a city, or a mountain. You can worship Him everywhere and anywhere in spirit and in truth. So then, I don't mean to you know, dog musicians, but worship's not really about music. Come on, say amen, right? It's a heart condition before God. It's an ongoing reality. It's a plugging in and never unplugging. You're not a priest from Levi anymore. Come on, you're not Levitical. I know it sounds really cool, but it's not. You could only go one time a year, and if you did it wrong, that's all she wrote. I mean, come on. <laughs> But see, Melchizedek is a priest forever. You don't have to go in and out, in and out. Melchizedek hangs out. Come on, he hangs out. He's there perpetually as a priest. He's able, he's, a, he's not only a priest, but he's a king. And it's a kingdom of priests. He's a battle. I don't have the time to teach on the priesthood, but well, I, I have the time, but not the <laughs> direction. <laughs> correct myself. But, but you have to understand who you're from, that you're not in the old anymore. And I think I said this last time I was here, you're not a prophet from the Old Testament. Get out of the cave and get into community and see how holy you are. Come on, when you hang around people, you start realizing how holy you really are. Because that's when you test drive this puppy. Come on, say amen. <laughs> this is when you start seeing when rubber meets the... When people start iron sharpening iron... And people start getting under your, under, under your skin, then you realize how holy you really are. And whether you hear God or not, or the fruit of the Spirit, come on. No man is an island. And you know what? The jungle eats the isolated. And if you, if you cop an attitude because you're prophetic, you will be lunch meat from some bigger animal. And the enemy loves to take you out of the pack, out of the flock, you walk in thinking you're your bad self until you're somebody's lunch. And God wants to teach us that we're in this thing together and that there is a moment. There, there is a, a cataclysmic 
moment right now in history. We're, live, we're about to see things that we have literally not seen for a very long time. These are winds that are blowing across the nations. I'm telling you, I'm going to the nations. It's hitting every nation in a different way, but it's the same wind. It's a wind of God of transformation. It's breaking apart this corporate global mentality of Babylon that causes people to come together for all the wrong reasons. He's breaking apart these things and empowering the individual to, be take, to take personal responsibility for their life, their joy, and their call before God. So that they stop blaming others for their own mistakes. Come on somebody, right? And we start calling ourselves victims when we're called victorious. And God is trying to push our vessels out from this these little beaches that we are, we have, you know, in our little islands, he's pushing our boats out, overcoming resistance. There's a reason why we don't help little chickens break out of their eggs. Because they won't survive if you overhelp them. They don't survive. You know, and this is why baby Christians, we need to teach them and train them to get in this word, to be able to find their way out through praising God and worshiping God and doing what God says. How many of you know obedience is the greatest weapon? Because that's how you prove your love through the obedience of His Word. So anyhow, this, this wave, this wind that's hitting the nations is unbelievable. I mean, I was, uh, I was telling the Mihans, I, I was in the Philippines beginning of the year. And so many things are going on. There. And when we get by the press, if you're still believing the press, you're in trouble. They're, they're, they're not our friends. And I'm talking on both sides. Come on, they're t I'm on both sides. Because one's trying to outdo the other. They're all in this thing for money. They're not in this thing for truth. And so when you go over there and you realize the things that are going on for real and how happy those people are that they're, they're having this explosive shift. They don't even know how it happened. They, most of those people, I'm talking about the the poor and really forgotten people of the planet, they're like, they don't even know what's going on, but they love it because they can smell change in the air. Something that the church is still not really sure it's happening. The church still wants to get stuck in the old days and do the beaver to beaver thing. That thing's never coming back. It was a mediocre show to say the least, but it, there was nothing else going on. And we, we get stuck in the, oh, when Reagan was president, when, you know, he was a 33-degree Mason. Come on, you got to, you, come on, we have to get a clue. We get sold so many bills of good, and the church needs discernment. It needs prophetic discernment to be able to understand what God is actually saying. And the reason we don't know is because we won't obey when he speaks. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> is this going to blow up? Yeah. Lord have mercy. Anyway, God wants to heal our hearts. Why are people so broken hearted? And they're disappointed that God hasn't answered. Well, there's so much hope deferred. Because we just waited and waited on God to do something that we needed to cooperate with Him. He's always needed a man. He did, it didn't rain because there was no man to cultivate the garden. Come on, did you hear that? 
That's Genesis 3. It, God didn't have anyone to, to help him in the garden. So he didn't reign until there was human cooperation. And if we're going to see our prophetic dreams come to pass, we're going to have to cooperate with the Holy Ghost. It's not going to happen just because, and these angels of restoration and renaissance, they're going to rain down creativity. They're going to rain down ability. When the Lord says the angels of provision, there's no money raining on you from the sky. It's going to give you a job opportunity. It's going to give you an open door for a business idea. It's going to give you a song. It's going to give you a, a painting. It's going to give you a book. It's going to give you something of worth to someone else. And that equates to work. Holy work. Holy work, Batman. I mean... I mean, you say work in church and people like, because we're, we're really superstitious in the charismatic world. We just think that things are going to rain from the sky because you're a nice person and praying tongues. It ain't going to be like that. So I, I, I believe, and listen, I'm preaching to myself just as much because God's speaking to me to shift as well. So anyway, I, uh, I feel like this, this is a reality that, that's really coming down. And if we're going to see our promises, um, the Lord is going to help us together. Be cheerleaders for one another. Maybe help one another. But I think I said this last time. If you have a prophetic promise, it's not going to come to pass in these four walls. It's going to come to pass out there. Say amen. You're going to have to face the big bad world with the big bad Holy Ghost. And you're going to have to move in according to his cadence and movement and make something of heaven come to earth. And it's going to be exciting. But I tell you, the nations, they're in an uproar. There's eight elections this year in Europe alone. And already the tendencies are like Trump-like results in at least three of the biggest. I just saw this morning. The polls in Holland, the polls in France. Can you imagine France going nationalistic? See, Europe is frightened of nationalism because they always refer back to Nazism like we do here, which is stupid because that happened because there was a moment in time, and I'm not saying people are not, can't be racist or can't be, uh, well, stupid. But I'm telling you right now, there's a healthy self-love for your nation. There is. And we're afraid to say it because we, we're like Christians. Like, why would God bring you to this nation, ask you to pray for it, and then hate it? Come on, right? So, so there, there is a love for anything you pray for. That just happens because you're asking God to come down and bless the place. It's healing of the person and healing of the land. And so I, I don't, I'm not very apocalyptic. I believe in the blessing of the Lord and the release of His goodness. And, and it's happening. But Europe, you take, I mean, Brexit is the beginning. Brexit is the beginning. Already Italy voted to, uh, uh, had, the Prime Minister of Italy had to resign. Because the vote's definitely not going his way. That's four countries. Those are, those are 
four out of the big eight. We break, see, when people don't think, because Christians are taught the Bible, but not much else. I mean, we just broke up our deal with the, uh, in the South Pacific, right? So people say, God, we broke up a deal in South Pacific. What does that mean? I have no clue, but it sounds cool. <laughs> the reality is we're not, we're, we're not trading with 15. We're trading one to one to one. You know the waves that get us? Because now you don't know who your friend is. That has implications worldwide. That begins to send waves. And everybody's yelling bloody murder. Because they hate the shift that's happening. It is not political. Say amen. amen. It's a reaction of people that do not have discernment. But it's not flesh and blood. It's couching the reality of these winds blowing. These winds of change. This season of change. This was not about the jockey in the U.S. This is about the horse. This is God riding this is God using even the least of us because not many of you were wise either. Come on, say amen to that. <laughs> and God using us in spite of us and moving us into position to be able to re receive something of kingdom wealth that we've never seen. And it's got nothing to do with money. It's a heavenly currency released unto the nations because what does eternal life cost? What's the value of it when it hits your nation, when it hits your city or your government, when it hits your town? Whoa. I love it. It's going to be the scariest time and the most thrilling time at the same time. The U.S. will not be able to be an isolationist nation because most Americans, they just leave me alone, man. I just want to be here in my house with my dog and my 2.2 children, a little job, and 401K. Just leave me alone. See, that's, that's really the U.S. That's where they get a bum rap around the world, but that's really the American is like that. And I'm telling you, you're not going to be able to. The information age will draw you out, will cause you to get angry. You'll catch yourself, be angry. You better keep your, you, how many of you want to see God? Come on, how many of you want to see God in the midst of everything? Well, keep your heart pure. Keep your heart free from regret, from unforgiveness. Keep your heart focused on Him because the Lord is going to bless this kind of heart. You're going to be able to love the unlovable. You're going to be able to bless the unblessable. You're going to have to pray like you've never prayed before and pray in a way that God would have you pray because he's teaching us all how to actually communicate with heaven to bring it down on earth. That's my introduction. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like we're, 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 we're about to be asked by the Lord, take off your shoes. You're about to worship in holy ground. And, and, and the, we're going to see that bush burn and not be consumed. And, and we're going to wonder, which is what you're supposed to do when there's a sign. And um, so, Holy Spirit, I thank you just these next few minutes to drive this home and shift us today, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I, I, I told you about John. There's a lot I can say about him. I've been... This has been a, a real direction for me. But in John chapter 1, I spoke a little bit last time about 
about uh, John the Baptist crossing in on the time zones that Andrew. He, Andrew is the first guy that caught John at the beginning. And, and God, you know, 400 years he was silent. And his first word to Israel was John. I mean, he could have been nicer, don't you think? 400 years he's quiet. And he could have sent a Gucci prophet or something. Versace. Or something cool, Levi. But he sends John, camel hair, John. Out of the desert, John. Chewing on grasshoppers, John. Come on, I think I was here. I told you. This, this, is, this is really like, why, God, why are you being mean? See, this is, this is this world. Why are you being mean? Why can't you be nice to me? This is this whiny spirit that sounds like prayer that really isn't. Why are you being nice to me? God, God says, and, and John doesn't even go into the city adding insult to injury. He makes him come out in the desert. You want to get washed? Come out to the desert. <laughs> we ain't doing it in the city in your hotels and nice conferences. We're going to make you suffer. You want some of this? Come out in the desert. This is John. And, and John is carrying the spirit and power of Elijah. And we forget, Elijah comes out of the desert. These desert people, these catalytic people, these people that don't fit in the norm. Now, don't start thinking of yourself as a John the Baptist. He was the greatest born of woman, but the least in the kingdom. But the least in the kingdom is greater than John. Yeah, this is what Jesus said. So we're in another dispensation altogether. But John was the new move of God. And his job was to close the old move. So he was both new and old at the same time. And he's pointing to the new season. Telling his disciples, when you see him, follow. He, he discipled his people to not follow after ministry, but follow after Jesus. He says, take another look at you. Behold the Lamb of God. Take another look at Jesus because he's going to come to us in ways that we don't understand. That we think the nice, proper Jesus is going to behave like an American in China. I don't think so, Scooter. In China, he's Chinese. Like to the shepherds, he was a shepherd. And to the fishermen, a fisherman. To the Chinese, to the Venezuelan, to the Americans, different Jesus. And you say, well, it's the same yesterday to them forever. Yeah, but the manifestation is different. There's several places in the New Testament where Jesus walked with these guys. We're hanging out, and they couldn't recognize it. And see, in a new season, your biggest mistake is to think that Jesus is the same as the old season. Because God's trying to shift everything, including your revelation or what you think or how you think he's going to treat you. Because his whole desire is to raise up babies to be able to inherit through kingdom inheritance. That's what his whole desire is. His whole desire is to grow us up. Come on, tell your neighbor, you need to grow up now. If you're sitting next to your wife, be careful. You need to grow up. See, God's asking us to do this. To come up to a different level to inheritance. Anyway, I mean, in John 20, see, John, John says, look at Jesus. 
And Andrew is able to go from John, past John, to Jesus, into eternal life. He crosses all the time zones. He's able to walk this whole way. And, Jesus, and when Jesus stops him in John 37, says, what are you seeking? Andrew just says, where are you staying? And I think I, this is where I left you last time. Where are you staying? The first conversation with an apostle is about relationship, not, mission, not missions, not work, not theology. Where are you staying? Come and see. This is what Jesus' desire to make us come and see and see. We've been in this season. Come to a cool conference. See a great speaker. We've come. We see this amazing, and let me tell you, the amazing things that God is doing with amazing people. Some very young. I'm really, <clears throat> I'm thinking, you go, Lord. I'm 55. These guys are doing at 20. What took me years to even be able to even have faith for, I'm thinking, you go, get it going, get grow it faster. But see, you still have to go through the character test, but you know what? Bottom line is, come on, some things are taught, some things are caught. You, you're in charge of the church, go, go. And see, there's a word for, for young people, there's a word, there's a word to be able to train them and lead them into the fullness of God. But I'm not going to stop what God is doing to teach him. I'm going to do the parallel track. How about you, right? To be able to do both, chew gum and breathe at the same time so we don't quench their spirit by having a religious one ourselves. All right. And here, here is this transfer. Come and see. We've come to conferences, gone to see speakers, and, and, and then they went, they saw, and it was late at night, so Andrew and the other guy slept over. And they, they were with Jesus, and they stayed. Come on, say stay. Amen. And the next, see, the, they went in there talking to him like he was a rabbi. He comes out of one night with Jesus to his brother Simon and says he's the Messiah. How do you go from teacher to Messiah in one night? What an encounter, don't you think? Oh, something must have boom, just triggered in Andrew that he goes to his brother and let me tell you, Andrew's not invited into leadership. He's not part of the three, right? So what if his only job was to connect Jesus to Peter? And he's still called an apostle. Now, he still had a ministry. Andrew had power. But I'm saying that, that this, this reality of encounter, see, it's easy to say there's winds blowing, revivals hitting the earth. That is true. But there's something different when the breath of God hits you from a personal encounter where you go from one place to another season, boom, like that. And all of a sudden, your whole reality has shifted because you're different. And even though your circumstances might be the same, because you're different, everything else is different. And you have a perspective from above into your whole reality. See, now here's Jesus being introduced into earth by the living word. This is John's testimony. Now, here in chapter 20, it's Jesus coming back from hell onto the throne. And there's Mary Magdalene. How many like Mary Magdalene? It's an amazing lady. She gets forgiven for much. Jesus protects her from those that want to stone her. And she's, she goes in, it says in verse 8. Actually, in verse 1, she goes to the cave 
finds the body's gone, runs to the boys. The body's gone. And John and Peter run back to the grave. How many remember the story? They run back to the grave. John's the youngest. Peter's the oldest. John beats him. John stays at the door of the, of the cave. And he's a, he's a teenager. I'm thinking, I ain't going in there. <laughs> Peter runs past them. John then joins him. And Peter, all they see is the wraps. And Jesus made his bed. Come on, somebody. That's talking to somebody right in here. He's raised from the dead, makes his bed. He see the trappings right there. Ooh. All right. And then they agree. He's not here. It took two apostles to agree that a woman was telling the truth. It's awful. Come on, it's awful, ladies. They didn't believe that he was raised from the dead. They just believed that the body was gone. Because the Bible says they didn't believe the scriptures. So John and Peter, big apostles. Come on, this ought to give you hope. Big apostles, they go back to their houses. That's what it says in verse 7. They go home. And in another version, another gospel, they go fishing. Because it's easy to go back to the familiar. It's easy to go back to the thing that you've done. All your, it's easy to go back to the old season when you're afraid to enter into the new. Or where you don't have the capacity to really see it or believe it. Or even have the, the ability to perceive it. Although Jesus had told them several times. I have to be gone. I have to die. Be raised again for three days. Jesus had told them. And it says they didn't believe the scripture, not Jesus. Isn't that interesting? So they knew. And these are fishermen. These are not theologians. But the living word spoke to them. They had encounters with Jesus. Anyhow... So the disciples choose to go back. But Mary, he says, uh, verse 8, so the other disciple came in. He saw it. They didn't understand the scripture. They go home. Verse 9, but Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. You know what the difference? Mary stayed. She didn't understand any more than the apostles. She didn't know that he had, she didn't think. Or even remember, maybe. It's hard to say. But Mary didn't, didn't understand that he had risen either. She's weeping. She's weeping for the Jesus of her last encounter. Now listen to me. A lot of us, that's where we are. Weeping at the last encounter, afraid to move on into our new. See, God has something totally, completely different for not just her, all of us. And Mary is still weeping that she's lost her memory. Her, see, she's touched him. She, he saved her. He's alive. How many of you are alive because of Jesus, right? I know I am. He, he, he's so in love with this that she stays even when the big apostles go home. All, yeah, he's gone. Another, you know, another bummer. Not only first he dies, then he doesn't come back, doesn't give us the kingdom. Doesn't drive out the Romans. And now his body's gone. Yeah, par for the course. They're probably moving in some serious... Um, who, they're, they're dejected. They're all disillusioned. And it's good to be disillusioned because it takes away the illusion. And reality comes. Reality comes. Reality is brutal, man. Come on, when you see it face to face... 
And God wants to heal us there and bring a comforter there. When you're facing your truth right there. And Mary's weeping, crying. And you know, it says, standing outside the tomb, and so she wept. She stooped in to look at the tomb. Mary just sneaks in, sees two angels sitting. Say sitting. Two angels sitting. That means they've been there for a while. That means the apostles walked in there and didn't see them. Come on. Do you see that? They're sitting, one at the foot and one at the head where Jesus was. The apostles go in, they're not, he's not here. Go back home. She stays. And because she stays, God opens up her eyes. Come on. She came. She saw. Say, she stayed. God opens up her eyes. The angels are there. And she's weeping. She's still, I mean, you get an angel, you think, come on, something's happening. You get two angels and you're still weeping over the same thing. God's trying to shift you. And I mean, you know, emotions are great complementers, but terrible leaders. Come on, say amen. They complement where you are. They complement who you are, but they cannot lead you because they'll lead you to shipwreck every time. You can't allow your anger. You can't allow your sadness to go before you. And if you're sad perpetually, you need to come into joy somehow. You need to enter in and break through somehow because it will kill you. Come on, say amen. amen. And, and so here's Mary weeping. And the angels ask her, why are you crying? They said to her, I wonder if it was a chorus line. Stereo. Okay, which means nothing now in digital. <laughs> why are you weeping? You think heaven would know. And, and, and you know this, right? You guys are mature. God never, when God asks you a question, he's not looking for information. So be very careful in your next words. He's going he's gonna to bring you in to his reality. Why are you weeping, Mary? And she's weeping for him. He could have been nice, Right? It's like John the Baptist. He could have been, oh, you poor woman. I know you love me. I know you do. He could have done that, right? Can you say again, I need to grow up? <laughs> so oh, you're crying for the old season, the old books of revival. You know what's even worse than your, I was, we were talking to dinner, what's even worse than your failures of the past and overcoming that is your success and overcoming that. In the places where you've felt so good and so comfortable and having to move away from that to enter into the new. Having to let go of your go-to, your bread and butter, your sweet spot. Why are you weeping? They took away my master. They're taking away my Lord. I don't know where they have laid him. I can't find my way. I'm telling you, part of what's going on right now, the Lord is drying up the old brooks where you used to have your nice little water, and your nice little sustenance. He's drying up these waterways to make you uncomfortable, to push into your new ways. 
to bring you into new places. And he does it on purpose. It's not the devil. You need to stop rebuking the devil. Come on, say amen, right? The Lord is doing this. He's causing you to be uncomfortable inside the nest because it's time to fly. It's time to get out of the nest, get out of the four walls and go out. Go out and begin to flow in and flood the earth with the glory of God. To believe that you carry who you say you carry. To be able to walk into places and where you go, Jesus is. And be able to begin to release that hope within you. And I love this phrase. Uh, I heard it from Bill Johnson, but he quotes it from somebody else. Basically, he says, uh, whoever releases most hope will have the most influence. What do you carry within you? You see, and if it's the lament of an old way of doing things, the world sees, you know, the world has so stereotyped the church, but we're giving them good reason to stereotype us. They all think that we're all self-righteous, little, you know, bigots. And, you know, the, the, it's horrible what they say about us. I mean, I got family members that are barely talking to me right now. I keep telling them I'm the only white sheep in the family. Maybe that doesn't help. <laughs> I have very, my pastoral only goes so far, man. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, they love me before the election. <laughs> then she hears it again. Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? She hears this voice behind you, behind her. She thinks it's the gardener. Because Jesus has showed up in a way she's for the new season. A different encounter. She, and, and she basically tells Jesus, because they took away my master. Have you seen him? Where did you put him? He's telling, talking to, where did you, Jesus, where did you put Jesus? I want to get you. She doesn't know. She can't see. Because her emotions and her longing for the old has blinded her to the encounter that's coming fresh and to the reality of the new. And it's easy to say revival. The wind of God is coming because the responsibility of everyone is the responsibility of no one. At the end of the day, you just pray and wherever it falls, it falls. What if it falls on the Methodists or the Baptists and not the Pentecostals? Boy, that will show our love. I'm <laughs> but we fasted, but we prayed. You're the 11th hour worker, man. Don't worry about it. You got the same pay. You want glory? Is that why you did it? Oh, my gosh. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> Jesus goes, Mary. See, once he personalizes it, once he goes, boom, face to face, talking to you. Mary, her eyes are open. And she goes, Rabbi. And again, gentle Jesus. 
Her first, I mean, she's crying. She's weeping snot everywhere. And she lunges at Jesus. No wonder she goes, don't touch me. <laughs> she's looking at this wild woman going all messed up, you know. Mascara everywhere, you know. Don't mess up my shirt from resurrection. Come on. <laughs> but see, he says, don't touch me. Don't cling to me. Stop thinking I am this Jesus. I've come for something completely different. I'm about to ascend. I'm about to upgrade everyone. Don't cling to the past, Mary. Don't cling to your successes. Don't cling to your misery anymore. Don't cling to your unforgiveness. Don't cling to your distress. Don't cling to those books the way you thought it was going to be. I'm telling you, I'm ascending. I'm upgrading everything. I'm coming forth brand spanking new. Don't cling to me, Mary. Go tell the boys. I'm ascending. Now listen, ladies, come on now. He stops the plan of redemption to speak to a woman. You are valuable. Come on, ladies, right? He stops it and says, you're worthy. Mary, you stayed. You stayed. The ladies were the ones that stayed at the cross. And John. See, when I hear man going off on women ministry, I go to Dude, you don't know what you speak. You don't know the scriptures nor the power of God. <laughs> it's this state. It's this ability to be hungry. Though I don't understand. Though, I, though my, my feelings, my emotions, everything's drained. I'm looking at something in my eyes. I can't fathom what could have happened. But I stayed. And Jesus stops on his way up. Transition in the whole history. Come on, you imagine the normality of this? This is like crazy. Don't cling to me, though. Mary is singing, please don't go. Don't go. Don't go away. I got to go away, Mary. Stop playing that old song. And I'm not singing Let Me Go from Disney. I hate that song. <laughs> when I get to heaven, I'm going to strangle Elsa. <laughs> just let me, Jesus, just a little while. <laughs> Although some of you have granddaughters, little girls that sing this. I'm sorry. I'm ascending to my father and your father. I'm ascending to my God, your God. Now Jesus is saying, he's ours now. I'm upgrading everyone. The same love he has for me, he has for you. The same power he has for me, he's in you. I'm, I'm bringing you all up here from here. Go tell the boys, I'm back. <laughs> you didn't believe it. A few scriptures later, they're all huddled inside this little room. But Mary runs back. Come on, she runs back to them. And she says, no longer is she weeping. She's, she says, I 
This is her testimony before. I have seen the Lord. <laughs> I am in the new season now. I've left it behind. I am in a new season. I have, why? I have seen the Lord of the new. And, and you know what? It's a personal encounter that you must be responsible for. It's you coming to him and say, I got to see you in the new. I put the old here, Lord. The things I've learned are good, they're foundational. No argument there. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, is he the same? But he's always moving, man. You got to move with the movement of God. He's moving in history. History is not cyclical. Don't let the world teach you this. Cyclical is not a kingdom reality. He's the Alpha and Omega. Everything's heading somewhere. It's not a cycle. It's this crazy thinking that, that, that has got us all confused. God has very good intentions for his creatures. Come on, say amen loud. He loves us. He doesn't want to teach us through pain. He uses pain to see what's in your heart. Jesus walks into this room, walks through the wall, and the apostles are all there. Come on, let me say this. You can make a strong case that the first apostolic mission of the early church was Jesus sending that woman. That Jesus sends a woman with an apostolic mission. Tell the boys I'm back. And tell them to get ready. I've upgraded everything. And they're still scary cats. Come on, this ought to give you hope. These mighty <laughs> apostles that changed the world, right? These are the men that turned the world upside down. They're scary cats like you and I. Didn't understand like you and I. Didn't understand the scriptures that you and I. Didn't have the training and equipment. They walked with them three and a half ways in the old season. How many know you can do things right and not do the right thing? You can do things right in, and think you're in the same season and miss it altogether. Jesus walks through the door. See, the difference between wind and breath. And he goes, receive the Holy Ghost. <sighs> he breathes on those guys. Personal encounter as the, as the God of the new season. As a perpetual jubilee. As Christ alive forever. I'm bringing, this is you. And then the disciples, we got to go. No, you got to stay. Go to Jerusalem. When they were in transfiguration, we want to stay. No, you got to go and follow Jesus. They, they never knew to stare to God. They were clueless like you and I. We think they're so bright, but they really weren't. Come on, amen. <laughs> this ought to give you hope. That even in your wreckage, he turned your mess into a message. And even in your bad decisions, he'll turn it around for good. You'll suffer a little while. And you better get used to it. Because no, no pressure, no diamond. What are you thinking? 
You think this is free? You think Jesus did it? Yeah, he did it. Stay in Jesus. Okay. Pressure. Under pressure. Dun, 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 dun. I'm telling you, your fight is to stay in him. He's done it. To stay in him and obey him and flow with him when everything else is point. You know, the Lord told me, suffer reproach with the choice I've made for you when the whole election started. I know. And you know what? Get ready. Because it's not about the man but the office. Because every authority comes from God. One. And two, how to prophesy without having a religious spirit thinking that everything he does, he does is going to be perfect. How to keep integrity without your preference and your prejudice in the middle. How to keep a clean heart in a very messy situation. How to be able to be salt and light to a world that's so hopeless. And let me tell you, you know, the gay, lesbian world, they're freaking out. And for good reason, the church has been so ugly to them. That when, when we say, yeah, do away the Johnson mandate, you know, it's freedom of speech in the church. That has, okay, their picture in their mind is the, this season, how ugly we were in our pulpits, thundering about sin without speaking about grace. He didn't come to condemn the world, yeah? We have to change. Come on, say change. We, we have to be different kind of bait. We won't fish him from some big fish. You know what? I want to stay in Connecticut to turn it from what it is to what it's going to be. The things that the leaders are saying in Connecticut are unbelievable. But it's not flesh and blood. Come on, Amen. And you've got to understand that they don't know. She came, she saw, and she stayed. Are you willing to stay without understanding, pursuing the breath of God? Because that one revelation will shift you into your season. And I, I'm going to ask you to stand in a minute. We're going to do a prophetic act. You take personal responsibility for your new season. Because it's not going to come on its own. You need to collaborate with God. Co-labor with Him. Because you're yoked with Jesus. Stop looking at people to meet your need. Stop looking at your old seed. Stop going to work for a paycheck. Your provision comes from heaven. Say amen. You got a job for a kingdom assignment not to get money. Renew your mind. Money is necessary. I'm not saying it's not. But you're there on kingdom assignment, and you better ask God what that is. Because you need to worship him in spirit and in truth wherever you go. And you're not lifting your hands in the middle of your office. But you can have a, you can have a song in your heart, can't you? You can be sensitive to your boss's needs or your co-laborers. You can be praying instead of complaining. Come on, somebody. That business should be flourishing because you're there. 
because you're releasing the blessing of the Lord. There's no jealousy in you. There's no envy. When promotion hits somebody else besides you, you rejoice. When they lie about you, you rejoice. If there is no, come on. This is what Jesus said, yes? A kingdom season is different than a ministry season. We're shifting from ministry to kingdom. Kingdom means you suffer for Jesus for the right reasons. Kingdom means you love your enemies. Say amen. amen. Kingdom means you forgive and forget and bless and not curse. Kingdom means you're humble. Come on, this is, God's going to require, come on, we need to grow up. We need to stop bickering like little children inside church and go into the world and truly shine. This is the hour, the renaissance hour, the time where we reinvent what God has made. God's about recreating us, recreating the opinion that people are going to have. And some will hate you forever. Praise the Lord. And some will love you. Praise the Lord. Come on, stand to your feet, yes. I just would like to add something that I, that I sensed is that um, I believe the, I'm, I'm sure the questions are, how do I enter in? How do I see the new? How, how, how? Um, and uh, I, I believe that God has already been speaking. I mean, it's very easy to hear God, really. It's just a matter of us tuning in. Um, and, and distractions keeps us from hearing. But, we, but he's speaking. So he, on his end, he's speaking. He hasn't stopped. It's, it's our end that needs a little cleaning. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I just remembered a little you know, it, it was like a, a cartoon. It was so descriptive. Uh, there's, this guy, there's this sheep in front of the, a TV with his headphones and his Twitter and the, you know, the TV on, everything is on. And there is the, the past, the, the shepherd <laughs> screaming at a distance going, you know, calling his name, calling his name. And he is looking to this TV saying, I wonder why is that I don't hear the shepherd anymore? You know, it was just like, whoa. So it's not that the shepherd is not talking. It's that we are not listening. So, so my, my encouragement to you, and it's been to me, I actually am doing this. I've been encouraging other people in this, and all of a sudden I realized that I was the first one I wasn't doing it. So... The thing was that God told me, Maria, this is, this is very easy. It's, it's a matter of being aware of what I'm saying to you. Don't look so much out there for God. God is right here. It's right here at hand. The Bible says his kingdom is at hand. He, is, he cannot be closer. He's inside. Cannot be closer. So the, the thing is to listen. And uh, I wanted to encourage you to pay attention to what he's been saying that we're not doing. 
consistently. I can tell you a testimony. God has been telling me to grab a couple of ladies from my church to pray. And I had not done it. And the thing comes in. Every time I'm praying, there, I remember the prayer. Yeah, God told me to agree in prayer, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? There's kingdom out there. So I'm out there, right? And blah, blah, blah. And God, what's your will? And I pace. And God, tell us, you know? And one day, not long ago, I, I'm confessing, not long ago, he reminded me again. And I was just finishing praying about God help us to awaken. Help me to awaken. And I heard that thing again. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have not done it. So I did it. I said, I'm not going to think anymore. I'm not going to just do it. I mean, let's just whenever. You choose the time. I started doing that. And tons of other things started to develop out of that for one reason or the other. Things that I've been praying for that I didn't know how I was going to do it, it happened because of that little prayer that he's been telling me to do two years. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting something here. (laughs) Shit. Obedience to that little voice, insistent voice, it doesn't matter what it is. It may be call your mother, call your dad, forgive so-and-so, invite so-and-so. To, to go eat and talk to them because they're offended for something. You know that. But you just, you're so kingdom-minded that you have no time for those things. <laughs> that's how we, I mean, that's how I think. But I'm encouraging you not to do that. And make sure you're doing exactly what he's saying. That will bring you to meet that new season. Yeah, your new season. Probably going to begin in the last thing that God said in the old that you haven't done yet. Come on, say amen. <laughs> you still haven't done that. And that's your go-to place. So everyone says, ah, it's new, everything's new. And God's not forgotten what he told you to do. Well, he's not like that. He's not like man. He knows. How many know he knows? So listen, this is what I feel we need to do. So I want to pray for you. But I feel like we need to do this prophetic act. I want you to go back as far as you can on your, wherever you're standing, on your chair, because I want you to take in a moment a step forward. And this is what the step means. You're stepping on the waters unto your promise. You're taking responsibility for what you need to do. You stop, you're going to stop driving your pastors crazy. Come on, say amen. <laughs> what am I going to do? Well, you know what? Ask the Lord. Not to say you can't go to leaders and home groups and pastors. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, why would you choose man when you can have God? <laughs> it's time to grow up and be able to get it and do it. Sure, check it with other people. Come on, gone are the days. Of you getting a prophetic word and you need 10 confirmations that that was God for you to obey it. You keep going to conferences until you get the word you want. Come on, I know what I'm talking about. We've been around prophetic things for a long time. You get another prophetic word and another prophetic word. And that's not exactly this. And what You're looking for the fifth leg in that cat. But it's a tail. It was always a tail. 
And you confuse yourself because you won't do the simple thing that God has said. Come on, close your eyes for a moment. You may need to repent. You may need to say, you know, my new season's at hand. Maybe I've spoken to you. You know you need to say goodbye to the old brook. I joke that Andrew, when he starts following Jesus, maybe turn back to John and say, John, thank you. You lived it out, man. I hated the grasshoppers, but the rest was really cool. Thank you for pointing me to Jesus. Thank you for being obedient, John. Thank you for becoming smaller that Jesus would be greater and I could see him. Come on, maybe you need to repent because you haven't done the simple things and now you want the big things. And even in everything that Miles was talking about, maybe you're giving. It's something as simple as that. Faith that God is your provider. Maybe you need to forgive. Maybe you need to just take a step and take a risk. and Get rid of your attitude. Come on, say amen, yes. Just stop being cynical. This, this is not that. Look at me for a second. The last thing I'll say and we pray. This was the word that God spoke to me. He said, for every this talking about season for every this there's a that and we may not know what that is but this is not that in the past anymore what what was in the past that is not this so stop looking at this like that because this is not that anymore now you might not know what that is but it's not that so your eyes from this is on that and let God take you there now, you might not know, you might not understand the scriptures or the power of God, but I'm telling you, it's over as you knew it. And it's only just beginning. And it has nothing to do with Trump. The winds are blowing upon the nations of the earth. And it's not apocalyptic. It's just a seasoning God preparing us for the most amazing, a rude awakening before a great awakening. Oh my goodness, you better buckle up, Dorothy. You're going for a ride. You're about to see things you've never seen before. You're about to experience things in the flesh, baby. Not some book, not somebody else's, not through somebody else's lens. You're going to see things. And be in situations where you're going to have to draw on who God has done, what God has done inside of you. So come on, if you're ready. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus for these right here. God, this is a little bit of a heavy word. I pray it's not fire and brimstone, God, but I believe the pressure, God, from your presence is going to push these ones into a new place. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that even in the sadness of the old season and the things we miss and long to see and what could have been, should have been, would have been, Lord, I pray that we're able to lay it down at the cross today. 
I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would not live in regret. Come on, say that to him. I don't want to live in regret anymore or in sadness of a season or what could have been for me, for a loved one. For I want to take responsibility for my prophetic destiny. I want to see it, Lord. Come on, if that's you, one, two, three, take a step forward. Just say, yes, Lord. Come on, one, two, three. Yes, Lord. I take personal responsibility today. I stop blaming others. I stop looking at others to make me happy. I take responsibility to get joy from your presence. You're my source. I stop looking at people to give me stuff. You're my source. Come on, you're not being independent here. You're being interdependent. God, God is your source. Come on. Lord, my sadness, my success, my failures, all things have passed away. I take off the old man. I take off those bitter tastes. Throw a stick in the bitter waters and make them sweet again, Lord. See, I feel some of you are sad. Some of you had losses. You've lost some battles, but you haven't lost the war. Just once more, you take a step. You know, the priest with the presence of God on their shoulders, with the ark. God said, Go to your promised land. 38 years they wandered. And the first command is impossible. How are we going to cross those waters? One step at a time. With the presence of the Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, come. Come on, lift your hands right there. Holy Spirit, come. Get hungry for a fresh visitation. Now open my eyes, Lord. Open the eyes to this good people here. That they would see you like Mary saw you. That she saw you. My eyes have seen the Lord in the new season. The Lord of the harvest. The Lord of lords. The Lord of the Sabbath. The Lord, King of glory. My eyes have seen Him. All is well. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come ignite a fresh fire inside of them, God. Upon the Milhams, God. In the name of Jesus, upon their team, their hearts. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now for a day of visitation to come upon this group, God. And here in Massachusetts, those that, that come from, from afar, those that are in this house, I ask you, speak to them. Breathe on them, God. <sighs> like I'm, Just breathe in their hearts. Open up their eyes to see, Holy Ghost. From Rhode Island, from wherever they might be, Father, that they would see the God of the new season. It's the same Jesus, just in a different way. I ask you that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them, that you would revive their soul, oh God. According to your word, that they would go to a new place. In the name of Jesus. I speak healing to their hearts, God. 
and forgiveness, God, that they would not see themselves as failures in any way, God. Not having finished this or that, God, I ask you speak very clear to them about where they are and what they need to do at this time. Holy Ghost, I pray, move in the midst of them. Make it very plain and very practical. Sustain them in this hour to the shifting winds of the world events. That they would not be distracted, not discomforted, God. But that they would know that you have overcome the world. That they would fear not. That they are in your hands, Jesus. And the winds of adversity may come, but they will be like oaks in the land. With the roots by the river. God, they will not dry up and bear fruit in their season, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray for encouragement in their hearts. Take away the pain, Lord. Take away the memories that cause trauma. In the name of Jesus, release your healing flow, your rivers. Lord, give them a spirit of revelations to step into these new waters. That they would not be risk adverse. Because this is not that. Come on, glory. Come on upon them. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Holy Spirit. We say, come, more of your presence. More of you upon their lives. The way they know how to hear you. Their love language to heaven. Speak to them that way, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I am free. His eyes are on the sparrow. I know He's watching over me. Settle it in your heart, your new season. Come on, say yes, Jesus. Settle it. You're not going back. You're in the new. Don't get mystical. Get practical. What does that mean to you? What things you have to change? What are the things you've been drawing water from? I'm not saying to quit your job. I'm not saying to move your address. I'm saying, what is God saying? Look to your prophetic words. What's the common thread? Come on, get practical and get before God. Yes? Come on, say it again. Yes, Jesus. He wants to show you he's a good, good father. He doesn't give himself away in pieces. He gives himself whole. And most of you know exactly what you need to do. So just do it. 
because God is he's for you. See, we say these things, they sound like cliches, but it's so true. He's not resisting us. But it's time to grow up. Sweet Holy Spirit. I pray for healing. I saw stomach disorders, nervous disorders in your stomach, anxiety. I saw headaches and nightmares at night. I saw back pain and shoulder pain. Not just one shoulder, but over your back because it's just you're carrying things you should not carry. Come on, let it go. Come on, in the presence of the, go, the Lord, just say, I let it go, Jesus. Stop fretting. Stop hating. Stop being angry. Or be angry and sin not. Let the angel of the Lord sustain you. Let the speed according to your rhythm move you. I see Massachusetts, a mass coming to Massachusetts. Massive waves and massive rocks from the sky. Miles, three weeks, three to four weeks, some things are going to take place. First, you won't understand, and you'll say, this can't be a blessing, but take another look at Jesus. For things are going to begin to morph into something completely different, like, like wings on a worm. And all of a sudden, they'll start flying, follow the wave, and follow the flight. For it'll go from one little tree to multiple trees and multiple leaves. Dan, the Lord will seal off your pockets from your pants and things will not be lost that you put in them. And there'll be a release of grace that'll come to you where things will begin to grow and multiply even in that in your own house. God's about to kiss something within and it's going to cause it to flourish out of season but very much in the beauty of the Lord. Get ready for something unusual to take place within your own life and heart, within your own family and within your own house. For the Lord will spring forth from the ground that which you thought you had to seek out afar and in other places. In your very living room, He will spring forth. And you will see and marvel that it was a well there all along and you didn't see it. Your eyes are about to be opened up to behold the beauty of the Lord. I pray, God, for the rain of heaven upon those brown blades of grass. That green will be restored and abundance would come. I see, Karen, milk and honey coming. Milk and honey coming unto you. A refreshing move 
of the presence of the Lord, a grace upon grace upon you to be able to speak into your very soul and lift you up and take away even the darts that penetrated your armor to take them out so that you will not be bleeding from those wounds anymore and that the inner bleeding would stop, Karen, and you'll be able to be whole from the inside out. Your soul will cry out, Karen, and the Lord will meet you and stand with you and lift you to a different realm altogether. You'll see a heavenly vision. You'll see the reality of what he has prepared. You'll be able to see it and reproduce it. Karen, you're going to another place. I say by the Spirit of the Lord, healing comes to you with wings. Take it now, dear sister, and flow and fly with the Holy One who called you. Hallelujah, God. I tell you, where's my sister? Yeah, the, the Spirit of the Lord, come, just touch her now, Holy Spirit. You're going to on orbit. I see encounters with you. I see merry type of encounters where your eyes will be open, your body, in your body, out of your body, you won't even know. The Spirit of the Lord will take you to places. <sighs> Make it real to her, God, from, from her very essence of who she is. Let your glory come forth. Let her touch the heavenly realm, for the Lord is near her, and she's going to experience that nearness in a very real way. The, I see a river hitting you, my sister, right in the back. Yes, you. I see a river of the Lord touching you and begin to bring forth the dry places back to life. I see things that were lost. I see things that were taken away. I see things that you've been blaming yourself for that you had no control over. I see the Lord bringing healing. I see the Lord releasing uh, false guilt and I see the Lord telling him there was responsibility but I am here to set you free I see the Lord breaking bondages I see the Lord breaking chains step out of the past into the new that's not who you are anymore that's not your game for now is now and later is later enjoy the Lord and watch him do more in a little time than you've ever seen before And Donna, I see a revolving door, but it's it's not because you're going around in circles. It's because it's like a moving party, and you're tossing things out and going back in quickly. And there's like an automated system to toss things out that are not necessary anymore. A whole different reality coming to you where it's like a rotating thing. I see the Lord bringing very very clear, like a wheel inside a wheel. So where you'll be able to be inside his wheel in a wheel. I can't say that. I'm Latino. You know what I'm saying? I, I just feel like it's things that are being thrown out and things that are moved out like cluttered garages or cluttered closets. And God is airing everything out and bringing everything out. No more pack rat spirit. 
No more holding things that clung to yesteryear. But the Spirit of the Lord will bring, He will focus on the things to be kept, memorials unto Him like the 12 stones in the middle of the river. He will cause you to remember, but He will not cause you to store much more. For God is moving on and so are you. You're moving on and so are you. You tell Donna, it's moving on time. And it's time to just pick up and go. New horizons are here. The glory of the Lord in your midst. Wow, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. Come on, just lift your hands. Holy Spirit, we bless you. We thank you for grandfathers that prayed and grandmothers that prayed. We thank you for the wave of intercession in our family lines. Some of you just about to, Father, hit them now. <sighs> With the prophetic promises of yesteryear that were prophesied generationally that are to come to pass. I'm not, that's not a new season. Those are prophetic promises we're walking into. The spirit of grace coming upon. Donna, the spirit of grace coming. Such grace. that It's not just about the ease of doing things. It's an empowerment to be able to accelerate things into motion, into heavenly speed. And into places for graces where the face of the Lord will be apparent to you. You're going to see more clearly. You're going to see clearly. The myths is going to lift in such a way. Wow, Lisa, get ready. He will shock you. You will weep. You will laugh. You will be afraid. You will be exhilarated. And the Lord's coming to you, healing completely the whole array of emotions. He's going to need you whole. He's going to need you well. He's going to lift you up to a whole nother level. So you're able to then speak forth from the high place and bring terror to the heart of the enemy. I tell you by the Spirit of the Lord, get ready for it. Serious, serious declaratory warfare unto a realm that people don't and are not able to touch because their hearts are not right. You're not going to fall into those traps, Lisa. You're going to go with a company. The Lord is training and releasing those that will have this grace to be able to go into specific places and do the specific things God has in mind. dislodging to be able to establish. Thank you, Lord, for Jeremiah 1, destroying, overthrowing, building, and planting. I thank you, Father, that this house is a planting house, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you for the prophetic grace upon this place. I bless the house and I bless the ground in Jesus' name. I bless their call, God, and their eyes and their instincts to be able to go where you call them. I thank you for their faithfulness and I thank you for their ability to make you smile, Jesus. They're lovers of God. And I bless them this day and the rides home, God, and everyone traveling. In Jesus' name.
How many of you are ready? Come on. Take a risk, yes? You ready to go forward? Come on. And in New England, I know they call us the frozen chosen, but when fire falls, they'll be coming. So get ready. Once again, they'll come to the shores. Once again, they'll be coming. They'll see something that's real. For all the fun. It has nothing to do with the Super Bowl, but... Personally, I'm an equal opportunity offender. <laughs> but I do come from Georgia. But listen, there's, there's some about the Patriots. And there's some about first fruit, first times, first principles. Get ready, man. This, God doesn't forget wells. So dig your own and come into this place because I can, I can smell it. I've never been so sure. I could be totally wrong, but I've never been so sure. So I'm, I'm either totally deceived or seeing a pattern worldwide I've been privileged to see. When I talk to other people, they're saying the same thing. So I feel like I'm in good ground. Get ready. I'm not telling you these things because I'm, I'm, I'm internationally unknown, nationally ignored. I'm a legend in my own mind. <laughs> Come on, you knew that was coming, Karen. So I'm not really, I have no pretension to be this or that. I'm telling you, I hang around with enough people. I'm following a thread. You're in the right place at the right time. Step on the accelerator and do not be afraid. And do what God has said to do because he will not fail. It is that season. Amen. Love you guys.